Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. England fill their bellies, Northern Ireland travel well, and Ronaldo gets his number. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. It's Friday the 3rd of September. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along, Jim and Luke. It's an Hello. international week. Have you been enjoying the international football? Mm. I enjoyed that performance last night by England. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like all types of football. You know, we, Even Pompey. That's gone. You've gone too far there. <laughs> it's very difficult to enjoy Pompey, as you well know. Uh, not that anyone even knows anything more about. And, and no one knows anything about Pompey apart from the fact that you're in nodding terms with them sometimes. You see them and you go, oh, yeah. I remember them. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so me and Luke went to the Spurs game last Sunday, right? And I said, oh, this is great. Like Football Ramble, I've got a season ticket for Spurs. And then Luke said to me, oh, we've actually also got a season ticket for Arsenal. Got to keep it equal. And we've also yeah. got a season ticket for Fulham. Mm-hmm. So that's three members of the Ramble covered. I said, what about Pompey? Yeah. <laughs> you know Luke's response? I, I just didn't have the heart in it to, to argue about it when it was when they were dished out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, do, I didn't want to, I just couldn't be bothered to, to I'm, not, I'm never going to go down there every other weekend anyway, because I'm too busy, so that's just how it is. Oh, he's blaming it on being busy, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I am busy, yeah, doing, you, all, doing all your prep work. Yeah. <laughs> you've, been, you've been to the Arsenal gym lately? Yes, I have. The roof was leaking, goals were leaking. <laughs> Everything's it was leaking, shit. yeah. <laughs> more on that later. Let's, let's celebrate England being brilliant last night, because yeah. 4-0 win over Hungary in Budapest at 
absolutely cruising. We will come on to the horrible uh, chance of racism and everything that we saw in terms of the crowd violence. We'll come on to that in a minute, but I think we should just celebrate the victory yeah. and the performance from England, first of all, because particularly in the second half, Jim, excellent. Yeah, brilliant. And especially as what I love about this this New England is how I think we're we're so behind them that you don't you don't feel nervous if they're nil nil down uh, nil nil down if it's nil nil at half time <laughs> you know it's exactly what it used to feel like right you do feel like they're going to just be patient and they're going to get the breakthrough and that's exactly what happened and obviously this sort of floodgates opened a bit uh, it didn't seem like it was going to be a four nil did it at first but um, yeah I, I just feel like. The, you know, England go into the team in, into these games as favourites, and you feel like they might actually thrash teams now. And mm. and you you haven't necessarily felt like that in qualifying before. They've always felt like a bit of a drain, but actually, because there's so much excitement around the team, like these aren't boring games anymore. Mm. It's like it's it's a really precious chance to get a look at how the, the the squad is gelling. And even though it's a similar starting lineup to to a lot of the teams in the Euros, as much as he chopped and changed out the Euros, it still feels like this. Almost feels like a privilege to watch England at the moment. Yeah, and I think, I think it's partly because you can see it as part of a wider context. There's a, there's a lineage now. So England, you know, in 2018, get to a semi-final of a tournament. They get to a final of a tournament just this summer, just past. And there's there's a settled team, but there's lots of different players vying for a place as well. And we kind of trust the management team to know what they're doing. And, and England have got a type of style of play, if you like. Um, they they know how to approach these games. They don't panic. Like when they, when they went into the into the halftime break, nil nil. The feeling you'd have had yesterday compared to the feeling you would have had 10 years ago is completely different. Because mm-hmm. yeah. all of a sudden you start, it's, it would in the past have preyed on England's mind. And certainly would have preyed on the minds of the people covering the game as well. Well, Hungary had a really creditable Euros, although they you know, were a bit unfortunate. They still put some really good performances in. They showed that the Pushkas Arena was a difficult place to play football um, for, for lots of reasons, some of which are very unsavoury, of course. But nevertheless, Hungary seemed like a pretty good home team. And really... England just took them apart. They took the first half to to control the game and figure them out and and tire them out, really. Then they just put their foot on the gas in the second half and they pulled them to pieces. And let's get this absolutely right. I mean, Harry Kane, although he scored a goal, he was kind of off form last Mm. night. He missed three really really easy chances. And And we're talking about you know, someone who's in the conversation for one of the best strikers in the world. If he doesn't have an off day, that's a 7 0 win. You know, I know that football doesn't work like that, but the point is they made a lot of chances. They they controlled the game entirely and they were miles, miles better than a team who had given some very, very good teams in the summer a, a very hard time. And I think England should be very, very proud of their performance. Well, yeah. and that is another sort of step in the direction that, that we want, isn't it? Which is England being a team where you think they can actually win a tournament. And part of that, in the sort of like most childlike sense of wonder that you have about being a football fan is that you want to see your team thrash other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you want to know that like they've got it in the locker, we'll let it all out of the locker. We've seen this, some conservatism from England in the past and perhaps now because Southgate is so confident in this squad and, that he, you know, he's happy starting a player like Jack Grealish and yeah. like being creative on Plays the front Man foot. City now, Jim. Well, so, exa- you know. exactly. It's depressing, isn't it? That? <laughs> I don't, I don't think it is. Like, it's some joke. He's got, well, he's got players he can't pick. He's got players missing. <laughs> yes. I don't think that was the case. I no, think he was always happy to pick Grealish. He just he just had a plan in place for, for the summer and Grealish came in kind right, of Jack up Grealish on the Right, Jack Grealish is number one fan. Well, it was only a joke. Well, all right. <laughs> just, just leave Jackie G out of it, all right? <laughs> no, I was really happy to see Jack Grealish. Do you think that... Playing in a 4-3-3 now, that's how England should go forward. I think that team yesterday was probably England's best 11. Is it up there? Yeah, it's definitely up there. I think you've got to say that the the back 
seven are pretty, I mean, you obviously include the keeper, mm. they're pretty settled. I mean, I think that, you know, if if, if, if the World Cup was next week, um, that's the back seven that are going to play, you'd have thought, right? I don't know. You might make a case of Rob Holding, but I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might do, but it wouldn't be a very long case, I don't think. I'm not sure any court would hear the case. Uh, and then you've got you've got Kane is obviously going to play, Sterling's obviously going to play, and he loves Mount. So it really only leaves one position open. Yeah. And I thought Griff was excellent last night. I know he's got a little bit of a mixed review in the press today. Um, is that right? Yeah, people were saying that he was an efficient performance. He did pretty well, but you know, it wasn't amazing or whatever. I think that's a weird thing, though, isn't it? Because he's been criticised for the opposite of that in the past, exactly for being a bit too flash. And I think if can't you look, win, at, can he? I no, think if you, you look can't. at what he does, he always try and make things happen. He was doing things at speed as the well. The first goal was all him. Exactly, yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I think he was fantastic. I, and I him and Mount great. Mount link really well as well, which is what you need. You need to develop these partnerships over time mm. in an in international squad. Yeah. That, that first eleven, when confident and when you know really purring, gives any team problems, any team, and then it just comes down to as we've seen in in, in international football tournaments, you know. Sometimes comes down to a bit of luck. Sometimes comes to a bit of a rub of the green here or there. I'm not suggesting the the Itali- Italy penalty thing was was a luck thing because penalties are clearly a skill to be mastered. But you know, there's, there are fine margins. You know, not mm. the best team doesn't always win a tournament, as we always say. Um, so you, know, you can't say that oh, if England carry on like this, they're going to win the World Cup. You can say if they carry on like this they are going to be part of the conversation and they'll give themselves the mm. best chance and that's all they can do. Yeah, for me, it was a performance that just oozed maturity from the way they sort of handled being nil-nil at half-time, the way they handled the crowd, which we'll, we'll come on to in a minute, the fact that they put four past Galashi, who is a fantastic mm. goalkeeper. Two of those are kind of on him, though. Yeah, he had a poor yeah. night. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. he made some good saves, though. He yeah. did. Uh, actually, I, I All evens out, doesn't it? All evens out. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to correct myself and say a poor night because actually Opta will put down... Because you know Opta basically officially list errors, like goalkeeper errors. They'll put down officially apparently two errors to Galashi last night. He made three really good saves as well, mm-hmm. yeah. possibly more. Margins are fine when you're a goalkeeper. And I think he saw that Declan Rice one quite late, um, but I'm not making excuses for that. You know the Harry Kane header? I mean, he had to get out of the way of that pretty quickly because yeah. it was firing towards his face. It was a brilliant yeah. header. I would move. <laughs> That's why I'm not a goalkeeper. Jules, it would have gone about two foot over your head. <laughs> yeah, you'd have been fine. <laughs> Came pelting towards him, though, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. But it, he should be getting in the way of it, though. That is a mm. yeah. big his part job. of his remit. Yeah. Basically, it's job. I don't think you can shout over to the bench, did you see the pace of the ball there? <laughs> yeah. That was going to hit me. <laughs> yeah. He did go absolutely flying, though, Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant. I mean, he is an... I know you, you mentioned it already, Luke. He did miss a few chances last night, but he is an excellent finisher. Yeah. Well, he does things He does things essentially. Lewandowski is the same. They do it a little bit before most strikers would, and it's, it's enough to trick a goalkeeper so often. Mm. I also think that, um, yeah, obviously, ordinarily, he is, although he had a bit of an off night last night, ordinarily, he is one of the best finishers in world football, of course. But I think he also gives the other the rest, the rest of the team a real lift. I think that, when you hear other players talk about him, you hear about, um, you know, his. It feels like his kind of quite calm, steely exterior, and what he's capable of really gives the rest of the team a lift as well. And I think you shouldn't really understate that. I think if you went through a, a situation where Kane <clears throat> went a number of games without scoring for England, um, you still it's never really talked about taking him out. He's one of those players that his quality is so obvious, and yeah. that his, and what he brings to the team and his captaincy and all the rest of it he's almost like automatically going to play. It's, it's, it's the same for Spurs, obviously, but it's, I think it's the same for England as well. There's no way 
Kane doesn't start games that he's not fit at the moment and for the foreseeable future. Isn't it refreshing though how different that is to when Wayne Rooney was just constantly in the team because of course he yeah. was because he was the talisman. Like The, the, the and, conversation around England is so different now. And do you know what? And, and you're, you're absolutely right. And I think Paul Scholes said the same thing. I remember seeing Paul Scholes on Soccer Box with Gary Neville talking about his England career and saying that he knew he wasn't playing very well. He knew that some of his performances for England were so poor that he, and he said himself, I know he's quite self-deprecating, but mm -hmm. he said himself, I was embarrassed with how I was playing and I was still getting picked every single time. Mm -hmm. And he intimated that was part of the reason he retired from England because he wasn't being judged on his performances. Yeah. And he, it's almost like he had to take that decision out of someone else's hands. It's impossible to imagine that now in England. Yeah, so, and, so true. Mm. Defensively as well, England were brilliant again. Another clean sheet. We saw throughout the Euros how solid they were defensively. And it's it's all really about Calvin Phillips and, and Declan Rice in that midfield for me. I mean, they've only conceded one goal from open play in the 1,331 minutes that Calvin Phillips has featured for England across 16 matches. We saw in the week that he got England's Player of the Year as well. He got yep. that award. Yeah. Did you see Declan Rice awarding that to him? It was, it was adorable, it was cute, wasn't, wasn't it? it? it was but also, sweet. I mean, they are such a brilliant partnership mm. on the pitch for England. Like, Rice was everywhere last night. He was absolutely fantastic. It's annoying and... when Rice goes everywhere on the kitchen. Floor, <laughs> <laughs> really annoying. Have yeah. you ever had that? Yeah. Pablo's oh. straight on that, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've got to oh. be careful. Can dogs have rice? They can have rice, but not raw, I don't think. Okay, right. Mm. So yeah, well, it's only annoying when rice, you spill yeah. it raw. Yeah. You spill it when yeah. it's cooked. You yeah. quickly pick it up. Fair enough. You anyway. don't really do that, though, do you? Go, no. yeah. <laughs> carry, <laughs> carry we see if there's a Declan King mark, because that's really annoying to spit as well. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, just, he's just a much more fashionable player. You would have heard of him, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're he probably so... plays for fucking Real Betis or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're so North London with your King mark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hipster. Um, we do need to talk about the crowd because one thing that um, I think showed once again last night, and Jim, you mentioned it already, there seems to be a real sort of togetherness with this squad. And that was on show when England scored the first goal, Raheem Sterling celebrated and he had cups thrown at him and all the players surrounded him. And, you know, the, the reaction from Jack Grealish and Declan Rice to pick those cups up and yeah. kind of just take the piss out of the crowd and go, screw you. Like, yeah. don't you don't throw... Like, what kind of person do you have to be to throw something at a player when they've scored a goal against your team? It's football. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Then on top of that, you have the alleged racist abuse as well. And I think that the way the squad came together and Gareth Southgate after the game and spoke about it, quite a few of the players when they were asked about it, I know Harry Kane and John Stones both said they didn't hear the racist abuse but it is being investigated now, yeah. um, which is what we need to see. We need to see more investigations and this taken more seriously when it happens. Absolutely. I mean, Hungary's fans have already been given a two-game stadium band, uh, ban. Which starts rather. next game, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. But I mean, that needs to be extended, surely, if they, they keep doing the thing that's getting the band. I mean, it, this is a very, very extreme thing. And I, I mean, the, the Hungary team clapped the ultras at the end, which is... Which oh, they were so, there for like five so minutes. They were there for like, like five minutes afterwards. The, the, yeah. There's clearly, clearly a massive mm. problem there. They are. It's an unusual situation with with Viktor Orban and the, and the, the way he runs his country. Um, so you know, it's not going to be condemned essentially by their own government. So FIFA and UEFA, with with all the power they have, just just need to punish them and and, mm. and show them that this is not welcome in the international football community. And if that means if that means something as extreme as banning them from a tournament, they they have to do it because. Uh, I don't think we've really seen such a almost a such a proudly racist display from mm. from, from from teams before. It's, it's it's outrageous, and they they don't get it. They don't care. Mm. So it it has to be a it has to be an extreme punishment. I think I completely agree, and I think it's a, probably a little bit of a 
admin issue with the fact that you know the, the band they're facing with um with um what happened in the summer at the Perseus Arena is obviously a UEFA back yeah. thing because it's a UEFA tournament this is a FIFA tournament because it's qualification for the World Cup you know ultimately it's not too much to ask yeah. for people for, for, for governing bodies to work together on this stuff mm. I know FIFA and UEFA essentially hate each other but they, they should really be getting together and saying what can we do and we should also be absolutely clear that you know teams admittedly at club level but teams in the past have been banned from competitions because of the behaviour of their fans right and everyone listening here knows what I'm talking about they know that it's happened in the past happened to English clubs for a long time for the behaviour of their fans there's nothing to stop um, FIFA or UEFA saying do you know what you're already awaiting a ban so and you and clearly you don't give a shit I mean this is the equivalent of committing a crime when you're already on remand right mm. you don't care about it so we're going we're gonna to issue a points deduction and I would make the points deduction, you know, pretty sizable. And if it carries on after that, I would take, I would ban them from tournaments. And because there's no there's no reason to not do that. It yeah. sends a great message. It says that it's not going to be accepted. That it's not acceptable to behave in this way. And also, you know, the the people the, the, the countries who are organising these tournaments, they need to be able to plan for a, a load of different nations qualifying and travelling there because they don't know who's going to be in the tournament yet. So mm-hmm. it's it's not really going to affect them. Um, and I think they've got to send a really strong message. However, what I would also say, and I, I was I was interested in what Southgate said um, about how you know England has to get their own house in order mm. as well. Um, I, I think that's a really interesting point, chiefly because the majority of the racism that England players who aren't white would have experienced this calendar year will be from England fans. Yes. On Twitter, yeah. admittedly, in a different platform, a platform that you can't reasonably accept, expect UEFA or FIFA to govern because it's not their responsibility. So there are other issues around as well. You're not going to, having said what I've just said, you're going to stop racism happening in football stadiums specifically if you do what I've just said, but you're not going to stop racism. That's a wider issue. But I think football should probably concentrate on the stuff it can control for Mm -hmm. now. And that would be a good place to start because there's no excuse not to do it. The punishments they've meted out in the past have been proven you know, empirically to not work. So you've got to do something else. This isn't about governing society though, is it? This is about governing our sport, the game we love, football. And there should be something in place. A strong message has to be put out there. As you mentioned, Luke, it has to be stronger. It has to be something that will affect every single team in the same way if their fans behave like this. And a points deduction seems the most logical and also the simplest way to actually put a stop to this as well, Jim, because this is what we want. We just want this to stop in football stadiums. This isn't right. It's not fair. It's not okay. And until a stronger message is put out there, nothing's going to change. Absolutely. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if, you know, if there is a, if there's a stadium ban or or points deduction, like, is that going to change the way those people think? That is ultimately what you're trying to do, isn't it? You're trying to make people stop thinking, oh, actually, this is, this isn't okay. But, but, you know, you might, you might, but Jim, sorry to interrupt, but you might, what you might be doing is you might be encouraging, if you do that, if you say to Hungary, for example, listen, this has happened in Montenegro, it's happened in Bulgaria as well, in recent memory. So we're not just, focusing on Hungary particularly because this particular incident yesterday is is what we're focusing on. Of course, it's happened elsewhere. Mm. But Jim, with Hungary, you know, Jules started this section talking about how the players are, are clapping the fans. Well, let's see the players clap the fans when they can't play at a fucking tournament. See mm. how they feel about that. Let's see how their country feels when, because of a number of their citizens can't behave you know, acceptably, none of, the, none of the football fans in the country are going to watch their team at a tournament. Mm. The, the best thing that can happen, to be absolutely frank, is for Hungary to qualify for the World Cup on merit and not be able to go. Or, or Montenegro or Bulgaria, whoever it may be. You know, yeah. whatever country it is. I mean, they're, they're the three examples I can think of, but I'm sure there's plenty more. 
that's how you've got to do it because you've got to force the people who can control it to then control it. And you say as a football, a bunch of football authorities, you say, we can control this bit and we're going to do that and this is why we're doing it and you can control the rest of it. It's, it's got to be, you've got to show a message. It's a global sport. You have to show mm. the right message. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just think once again, when we talk about England's maturity, the way they handled that hostility from the crowd, the way they handled the rest of the match, it just goes to show how far this England team have come. I mean, they've won every single one of their qualifiers. Top they've been of brilliant. Group I. They've been absolutely excellent. So well done, England. Elsewhere, let's talk about a few of the other matches from last night. Spain. They lost their first World Cup qualifier in 28 years. Sweden beat them 2-1. It was Alexander Isak uh, who scored 12 seconds after the resumption following Spain's opener. Yeah. What a player he Brilliant is. Brilliant goal. Yeah. yeah. He's he's so exciting for the future. Emma Forsberg had another really, really good game for them yeah. as well. Sweden just like, they just get it done, don't they? Mm. they um, I thought Spain should have had a penalty in that game. I can't believe it. I mean, was, Ferran Torres was bundled over by two Swedish yeah. defenders and it wasn't given. That was mm. really weird. Maybe, it, I don't know, there's... Is a little gap in the rules for two fouls at once. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's really weird. But Sweden have been great. They've won all three of their qualifiers now, and and and, and it was so funny because it was a living Top of their group, aren't they? Yeah, it was mm. a living embodiment of the cliche. Like you're never more vulnerable than when you've just scored oh, a goal. God, absolutely. <laughs> if, if anyone cares enough, go back and watch the highlights because when you see Spain's first goal, the camera just doesn't stop. Mm. You see the ki- you see the kickoff being taken. You think, yeah. hang on, what's happening here? <laughs> and literally, like, twelve yeah. seconds later, Sweden score. Even true on FIFA. Marcus used to be really good at scoring straight after you'd scored. What he would do is he would take, because Marcus is really good at FIFA, he would take the ball around your entire team while humming the match of the day theme tune. <laughs> is then, there anything more arrogant than yeah. that? <laughs> and, then, and then if you'd call him smug, he'd go, Look, everything I'm doing is also available to you. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, Italy, the Euros winners, they match Spain's European record of 35 games unbeaten, but only courtesy of a one or draw with Bulgaria. Yeah. So it was just a draw. But still, I mean, this record of theirs is absolutely ridiculous yeah. now. They're a joy to watch, aren't they? I've almost like, because of the pain of the, the final of Euro 2020, I've also I've kind of stopped thinking about Italy's route to the mm-hmm. final, but it was blistering. Really, really good. And Chiesa's goal yesterday, yeah. genuine like Messi-esque goal. You don't see many of those, yeah. but it was it was a brilliant sort of mazy run and a one-two on the edge of the box with him finishing into the corner. It just, ugh, yeah. I think, beauty. I think, I think I said in the summer that um, it's difficult to think of a more relentlessly positive forward mm. than, than Federico Chiesa. I mean, he every time he gets so the ball... So exciting to watch, isn't he? Yeah, mm. I, mean, I, I don't watch as much Italian football as some, but whenever I see him, he seems so positive and so capable of affecting the game. And that... That front three that Italy have got, as we've seen there, they're dynamic, they, they move really well, they're always capable of scoring a goal. And, and, and everything I've said about England, I suppose, you can say about Italy. They're, they're settled, they've got this great sort of team spirit. Roberto Mancini took really seriously the idea of restoring Italy to their right, what he considers to be their rightful place in international football after the disappointment of what went on in, in the past. And um, and yeah, they, they, that was just a brilliant goal that typified that. Obviously, they didn't win. They, they didn't win the game, but they haven't lost a game for so long now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, since Moise Ken was born was the last time they lost a home game, which was February two thousand. That's in, that's just amazing. <laughs> I still can't get my head around people born in the year two thousand though. Yeah. No. I know, right? No, you were born in 1970, what, you weren't you? <laughs> Same joke. <laughs> um, Northern Ireland, they got a big win against Lithuania, despite not having Stuart Dallas or Johnny Evans in the team either. It was their first competitive win in 14 games. It was a game of penalties, wasn't it, Luke? Yeah, it was a good game. Um, 
Bailey, Peacock, Farrell, or Peacock, Bailey, Farrell, or Farrell, Pe- Peacock, Bailey, whatever you want to call I mean, you can change all those around. Mm. It's still the same thing. Uh, he saved a penalty in that game. This is this is a massive opportunity now for Northern Ireland. That's a brilliant win for them. And now they've got Switzerland at home next, right? I think in five days' time. Mm. If they win that, I mean, they, they leapfrog over Switzerland. Oh, that's a big ask. But they leapfrog over Switzerland. And then they, what they've done is they've given themselves a platform to really push on. Mm. Um, Switzerland play Italy again. I think Switzerland play Italy before they play Northern Ireland. So it's a lot to, lot mm. to still to play for in that group. Um, but to go away to Lithuania and, and win in such emphatic style is a really impressive thing. And as you say, without a couple of their best players as well. Yeah. It's, it's exciting stuff. I, I think they'll probably they'll fall just short, oh. but I think it'll be a bonus if they do qualify. But Northern Ireland at a World Cup will be incredible. Be they brilliant. played really well though, and that's you know often often these these sort of games they're tight affairs by design, where it's the whole idea is like let's go out there be really sturdy, hard yeah. to break down, and try and nick a goal. They didn't approach it like that at all. They're mm. really really good, really open, and also um, fake pitch as well. Fake pitch, which is always enjoyable unless yeah. you're actually playing on it. Knee joints are right. Also, um, Switzerland will be without Granite Xhaka because he decided not to have the vaccine and has got COVID. So, yeah, and he's also really good for Switzerland. So yeah, exactly. How do you feel about that, Jim? Tell us your real thoughts. <laughs> well, it's just uh, just another episode in the the fascinating life of Granite Xhaka. You can say it? he's a moron if you want. Yeah, I mean he's clearly a dimwit, isn't he? Yeah. If, if, whether <laughs> was there any doubt? If you're on the fence about the vaccine, yeah. look at the company you're keeping. Yeah. Get well soon, Granite. Get yeah. well soon. Um, Czech Republic beat Belarus 1-0 as well yesterday. West Ham's new signing, Alex Crowell, was involved. I don't know if anyone saw the uh, David Gold tweet, though. This was very funny. He tweeted saying, We're delighted to welcome four exciting summer signings to East London, adding significant strength and experience to David Moyes' unbeaten 2021-22 squad, DG. However, he left David at the start of the tweet. Victor and each be style. Yeah. yeah. Always leaves the old DG at the oh, end. Yeah. And he's had someone write that for him. Just drop it in there. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to David just Gold, proofread it, please. It's a sentence you don't hear very often. <laughs> but to be fair to David Gold, he's eighty-four years old, and yeah. he's tweeting and still being asked to use Twitter. I think you could probably forgive him that. Yeah. I think if he's if he's if he's actually posting the tweets himself at eighty-four, I think that's decent. I think <laughs> anyone in this studio was um, still using Twitter at eighty-four years. Old. I mean, we'll find out with you in a few years' time. But <laughs> it's, it's a great um, it's a great thing. So fair enough. I worry. He's about- a complete idiot aside from that. <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> I worry about my dad on Twitter sometimes. Is he on there? Yeah, he's my dad's on Twitter. I'm not saying what his name is. The reason I worry is because, so, as you you know, my parents live out in Jamaica. So yeah. the time difference, they're six hours behind yeah. most of the time. And um, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I've got a few notifications and it's my dad replying to some mm. tweets. Oh, God, dad. Jamaica's also five hours behind, by the way. Sometimes five, you. sometimes six. Mm, okay. Mm. All right. Come on. You just right. time explain Jamaica. Yeah. Oh dear. Right. Those are last night's internationals covered. We're going to take a break. We'll get to some of your emails after this. We'll talk Cristiano Ronaldo getting his shirt and oh god, it's Luke's game. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's transfer deadline day. Ashwood City are drifting under manager Sven Joran Eriksson and chief executive Patrick Nolan is willing to do whatever it takes to turn things round. Oh, look, it's just for a season or two, you know. We, we get them really cheap, you know, 10% of what they're worth in some cases. And, I mean, the sponsors it would attract as well as the cachet. Patrick Nolan, MBE, stop talking. This is a fucking Tevez and Mascherano player heist. In the award-winning football mockumentary, The Offensive, the thick of it meets the Premier League, and things are about to reach breaking point in the boardroom. That's the rules, Woody. Oh, so now we like the rules, do we? Woody, you can't just move a piece and make up how to play. Well, you don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. No, move that back. Fucking get off. Don't touch my pieces. You're cheating. You're cheating. Cheating. That's an invasion of my pieces, that. Stop fingering my bishop. You don't know what he's doing. It's not... Oh... Start your Ashwood City journey and listen to The Offensive wherever you get your podcasts. The Offensive is a stack production. Hi, I'm Jermaine Defoe and this is the Football Ramble. JD. Yeah, poor Mike discipline from Jermaine there. You Far think? too close to his mic. I like the way he says ramble, though. Yeah, he's ramble. into it, though. He's it's into really it. good. He gives it a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Right, welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. It is now time for this. Yes, Adam Walker has been in touch uh, with another KFC story uh, after the Kevin and Babu email on Monday. Uh, Adam says, During uni, I worked at a Leeds-based KFC, but for one shift, I was sent to a Harrogate-based shop to help out. Wow. On my only shift there, uh, there during summer of 2016, I served Leeds midfielder Tumani Diagaraga, who we had signed in January. He ordered 20 hot wings and asked for some mayo. <laughs> Given his order, I offered lad. up around eight sachets of mayo, definitely more than I should be offering to a single customer. He asked for more. I handed him another four or so. He stared at me blankly. I got the container from under the till. He grabbed around 20 sachets more and scarpered. I can't help but feel Steve Evans as manager for his preseason wasn't the best influence and writing this email has made me fully appreciate how far we have come. Well, what, I mean, what's, so I do think they're a bit stingy the sources in a lot of fast food Very restaurants. Very stingy. Yeah. Yeah, they went for a phase of trying to charge you as well, didn't they? Yes. yes. That's gone by the wayside it, I mean, even with delivery, you have, to, you have to order a lot more than you would expect from, from if you want any type of sauce. One's never enough. 100%. My also, delivery no thing always says in capitals don't forget the sources because they always good. forget them yeah. yeah i actually once forgot to get sources 
when I got a McDonald's drive-thru and I was absolutely raging. I literally, Did I, you drove, go back? I drove off, parked up somewhere to eat and I was sat there and I was like, I've got nuggets with no barbecue sauce. That is dead. Like, That's literally, a shame. What, I'd rather not eat them. It's arid. I, I actually sat there and thought, is it even worth it? Absolute budgie cage of a mouth at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. awful. Also, mayonnaise is a very good shout because not often people get mayonnaise when they go to fast food places because there was a stage where some fast food places didn't do mayo. Yeah, continental yeah. Europe, you never find that. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely love mayo in continental yeah, Europe. Yeah. But it Sometimes comes to you fruits. don't get mayo in some places. Anyway, if you've got a That's KFC based story or a story about any footballer who's bought anything, let us know. Christian's been in touch as well. Hello to you, Christian. Our friend Christian. Don't know who he is, but you're a friend of ours if you're emailing. He <laughs> says, when hearing about the subject matter of selling things to footballers, it immediately took me back to when I worked for the Mike Ashley owned shop Game. Game. One year during the busy Christmas period, a tall man came to the counter and asked to have a look at one of the pre-owned phones we had in the cabinets. While speaking to the man who had a thick Irish accent, I suddenly realised it was former Manchester City man Richard Dunn. Ah. It may well be my naivety, but with Dunn having a fairly decent career, I would have thought he would have been able to afford a slightly better phone as a Christmas <laughs> present than a pre-owned iPhone 5S, which even at the time was very outdated. Perhaps Richard had fallen on some hard times. A poor shout. Yeah. Maybe he got um, his contract reduced every time he scored a own goal. <laughs> which, is he at the record? Mysterious. He had the record at one point. I think point he did, didn't In he? the Prem. I think yeah. so, yeah. Look, if you've sold um, an iPhone, any kind of phone to a different footballer, let, let us know. Is it, do you think that's a second phone? Couldn't possibly we say. Couldn't, yeah, we <laughs> couldn't. Don't couldn't trust speculate. people with two phones. Have you got two? No. No. Some people. Well, some people have a work phone. To be fair, I doubt yeah. that Richard would be one of those. Mm, Who knows? There we go. Uh, right. Keep your emails coming in. Show at footballramble.com. You can also tweet us at footballramble. Right. Ronaldo. He is at Manchester United. That all officially got confirmed this week. And the news we were waiting for was whether or not he would get his number seven shirt, CR7. Yeah. It would be a bit weird if he wore any other number, wouldn't it? It would. So, I mean, his whole brand is, is massive. He's probably bought it off Cavani or would, <laughs> would have been prepared to buy it off Cavani. Like when people buy like Twitter screen names and things. I don't think Cavani needs the mind. Nah. It's nah. happened though. He's got it. He's got his yeah. number seven. Do you remember when Beckham went to LA Galaxy and I don't think the seven was available? Did Raul have it maybe? Possibly. Yeah. And Someone he, it, who wasn't going to budge. Raul was obviously a famous wearer yeah. of seven. I don't know if it was him. But anyway, he got he went 23 instead, didn't yeah. he? He did a yeah. nod to Michael Jordan at the ball. I quite liked that. I, think, I quite like the, the switch. Unfortunately, I think it, CR7's brand is so large now that it's not going to be possible to change a different one, I don't think. Which is a sad indictment of the times. It's actually also a sad indictment of the times that we're starting the second half talking about this. Do you call, yeah. do you call, do you, have you ever called him CR7? No. no. Good. Otherwise, I was going to defriend both of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, though, is there's obviously a lot of fans who have bought Cavani's number seven shirt. So mm. they're actually being allowed to go back to the shop and change it. But well, then what happens? Oh. What happens to that? I feel That's, a bit sad you're... for all those shirts. I would actually keep it as like memorabilia. Remember yeah. the time someone else wore number seven? It becomes United a bit of a novelty item. Yeah. My, my, my feelings on this are, are rather more harsh, which are that if you get your na- a number and a name on the back of the shirt, you deserve everything you get. <laughs> These things can happen. Mm. Yeah, people can move. We talked about this on the show. People have emailed in saying they've got names on the back of shirts during the transfer window and players have left. What do you yeah. expect? <laughs> it's football. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. In other news, Jim, Arsenal proudly reported last night that we won 4-0 against Brentford in a behind-closed-doors friendly at London Colney today. Tick emoji. You know what? I'm all for it. <laughs> the tick emoji's the best bit. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, Job yeah, done. Job done. That. done. <laughs> exactly. So on, win. on the mend. Win Hashtag on the real quiz. Yeah, there's Scored a win. Scored a few goals. <laughs> totally. Four as well. So four not goals. to be sniffed at. Genuinely, clearly, 
everything needs to be fixed, doesn't it? Absolutely <laughs> everything needs to be sorted out. So if they're being proactive about that, that's good. No, it's fine, Jim, because uh, Serge Aurier has said he wouldn't be against a move to Arsenal. So it's all it's all good. I mean, that is that is a real commitment to the Tottenham cause, isn't it? Yeah. To be fair to him. <laughs> yeah, but they just signed a player that apparently they've now found that isn't a right back. And they're about to do the same thing again with Serge Aurier. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, obviously, the the, um, the, the banter club narrative is far too um, strong, far too yeah. strong for, for yeah. one man alone to to hold back <laughs> that flood. But um, there's a really interesting piece in the Athletic about Tommy Asu and, and, and what he brings, and I actually think it's quite a dynamic and interesting signing. And he's yeah, very I deliberate, that. <laughs> very <laughs> deliberately different profile. How many words? Kieran Tierney yeah. wasn't too bad actually. Oh, right? really? Less than a novella for no. once. <laughs> I, I um. I love the idea of Serge Aurier wanting to stand down and then going to Arsenal because he would. He's normally you'd be like, "Oh, roll your eyes, whatever." It's a rumor, whatever. But Aurier is exactly the kind of person who would do that. Yeah, and the press conference would be amazing. It'd be like, "I've not even had to move." <laughs> no, that's all he'd say. And and also, um, Arsenal and the state they're in probably are making. Well, we know for a fact they're making quite poor decisions at the moment. It's possible it could happen, but. The saddest indictment you can say of Arsenal at the moment, not to get too derailed in this international football themed show, mm. is that Norwich will probably be relishing going to, to Arsenal, won't they? <laughs> well, everyone will, won't they? Every game, but this is the problem. You get into like, it's a death, death spiral, isn't it? You get into a bad run of form. Everyone fancies their chances against you. You don't fancy your chances against anyone. So no. the pressure is really ramped up. You wouldn't, you wouldn't back Arsenal to win at home to Norwich, would you? No. I'd love if Brighton played Arsenal right now. Yeah, Brighton always do really well against us anyway. Yeah, anyway, that doesn't really matter. I know. Um, let's look ahead to a couple of the games coming up this weekend in the internationals. A couple of key games for our home nations. It's Scotland against Moldova on Saturday. Wales travel to Belarus on Sunday. Um, for Scotland, sort of. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, Scotland have won just one of their last nine competitive games. Not looking good for Steve Clark's side. He's just signed a new deal last week, taking him to Euro 2024 as well. And their last win was against the Pharaohs. Are you worried for Scotland, Luke? Well, they're, they're in a position where they they are looking like they won't qualify for the World Cup. Now, people will be like, oh, well, yeah, so what? They never qualify for the World Cup. But you, know, you, you, you should be looking, if you're a team the size or a country the size of Scotland, with, let's be fair, back in the distant past that have really good really good pedigree in terms of bringing players through and, and of course they've never qualified out of a group stage of a major tournament but they have been at tournaments mm. and they were qualified in, in, in the summer they, they should be using that as a platform the fact that you give Steve Clark a new contract you say right there's the platform now we need to build from that if you look at the profile of the group they've got you know a peak Scotland that are settled and that have a plan they should be finishing above Faroe Islands and Moldova obviously you'd probably say that they should be finishing above Israel maybe and then Austria are quite a good team who qualify fairly regularly these days and then Denmark have just improved a ridiculous amount mm. in however many games it's been since this qualification process started they're obviously very impressive in the Euros I don't think they got enough credit for that given that um, what happened for them in the summer and also the fact that people go well yeah no it, it was all put through this England narrative oh yeah England got to the final but they only played Denmark in the semi Denmark were excellent yeah, well, Denmark haven't yeah. conceded a goal in mm. this qualification process yet they're a really good team of course they beat Scotland 2-0 uh, at home earlier in this qualification campaign so what, what I'm trying to say in a million words and I should just say three or four is that you know, if you don't use these things as a platform, you'll never build on them. 
And England, I think, have done that pretty well. They've gone, you know, they've they've gone semi, they've gone final, as I've said, and, and they're looking to go to the next step next time. There's not that kind of process. I feel like Scotland might have lost a little bit of momentum, and that's that's disappointing. Yeah, for Wales though, it's a must-win game for them, Jim. Um, and this one's in Kazan against Belarus. They're on three points after two games in Group E. They did beat the Czech Republic, who are their rivals for that second-place spot. But there is a slight hitch. They're they're missing quite a few players. Yeah. Five players withdrew with injury, including Aaron Ramsey and Joe Rodon. And there's been a few players who haven't been able to travel to Kazan as well because they didn't get their visas in time. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing has been absolute chaos for Wales. Um, they're, they're a bit confused as to why it had to happen in, in Russia rather than in another mutu- uh, neutral venue because um, there's a lot of paperwork they've had to go through. They've had to like sort of get... like pay Russian officials to meet mm. them in hotels and stuff apparently yeah. to process visas and things like that. And mm. it, it all just seems really desperately unfair on them. But Robert Page has made the point that they can't just complain about that. They have to get on with it. Um, and I, I'm, unfortunately they do. But I think they, they're really, really unfairly hamstrung here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you would, you would think it's a game that they've probably got enough to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, think, I mean, the thing I can't get out of my mind is, is back earlier this year, in springtime, um, I remember watching highlights of Belgium against Belarus, and Belgium won eight nil, and Belarus mm. were absolutely god awful. Mm. Um, so, despite all the problems Wales have had, you know, you have to you have to get through get through the get through the assignment. You know, they, they need to, they need to win this game, and they need to stay in touch with with Czech Republic. They've got a couple of games in hand on the two top teams. They're not going to catch Belgium. They may catch Czech Republic if they if they you know execute their assignments properly and they've got to do that here yeah lots of football to look forward to this weekend and also just a just a quick one because um i love this story the romanian league have signed a partnership with a local authority that will make players come out with abandoned dogs before games this is just the most adorable thing ever uh, the idea about this is that it encourages people at home or at the stadium to adopt dogs uh, so more rescue dogs hopefully getting homes do you think this should be made compulsory across football, Jim? I I d- obviously, so. I do. That would be great. The more dogs, the better. And when I saw this on Twitter, um, you know how someone will always find a, like a negative oh. thing to be furious about. Someone's like, "What about players that are allergic to dogs?" And oh, I was like, God. "Yeah, that's a fair point. That's an absolutely fair point." <laughs> Can I make a semi-serious point? Here. Go on. It will work, uh, and I think the reason it will work is because have you seen that um, Roma started? Um, putting on their transfer announcement videos when Roma was had signed a player or released a player or whatever they would put a video message yeah. about a missing child mm. yes, anywhere in the world did, yeah. and since they started doing that they found 12 missing children it's worked to the tune of 12 That's missing incredible. kids already wow. so the power of football is huge yeah. and, 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 and so you know, I mean, you're speaking to someone as well who can't go past Battersea Cats and Dogs Home on the train without mm-hmm. looking the other way because I'll end up with about four dogs every mm. time I go past. So <laughs> I reckon people will see this. They'll be like, yeah, I'm up for that. And they'll get a lot of dogs rehomed. And I hope they do. Oh, I just love dogs so much. Yeah. Uh, Pablo has got um, Parents Day tomorrow. Porrance Day, it's called. Porrance Day. Oh, wow. Day. What does it involve? <laughs> uh, it involves me taking him to where he goes to daycare and then you get to see him play with all his friends. So you get to see what he gets up to because I've not been before. Right. That's Don't they send you videos anyway? Isn't it cute? Though? Yeah, you do see photos and videos, but I actually get to see all him, him playing with his mates him and his tomorrow. And obviously, I guess all of the, the carers will say to me, oh, you know, this is the naughty one. <laughs> this is the good one. <laughs> mm. I, I might get to find out whether Pablo's a good boy or not. So it's quite what, exciting. What do you think is going to happen? Are you expect um, him to be a well, good boy or a bit of a Well, he's already been banned once, hasn't he? <laughs> so uh, I think uh, it's not going to go too well. <laughs> might see Lorraine Kelly there.
Yeah. yeah. Oh, same place. The character yeah. Lorraine Kelly. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Not the real one. Yeah. Her and her dog, Angus. Um, right, Luke, it's time for Betway's 4 to score. It is indeed time for Betway's 4 to score. Entry is absolutely free. Each week, just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and further T's and C's apply. You know it works by now. But we've got a different person in the game one hot seat this week. It's normally Marcus Speller. It's Jules Breach this time around. It's Ukraine v France for game number one on Saturday night, Jules. Who are you picking? No pressure then. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go for Karim Benzema. And I, I'm going to be quite specific with this as well. Okay. I reckon he's going to score with a running, flying header. Love that. Ooh. There you go. Love wow. that. Benzema he's, on the score sheet first. I think he, I'm pretty sure he's certain to start up front for them against Ukraine. So good pick. Game number two is Jim Slovakia v Croatia. Saturday night as well, Jim. What have you gone for? I've gone for Andre Kramaric. I think Croatia are a funny one these days. It's, it's harder to sort of pick out an obvious kind of talisman. Um, so I think Kramaric will play and therefore that gives him a, a good chance, doesn't it? Absolutely right. Now, against our better judgment, we've gone peaked for game number three. <laughs> It's Belgium v Czech Republic on Sunday. Here's what he chose. I think the Belgium will be out for revenge. If indeed you can revenge a one-all draw back in March or April from memory. Um, I think Lukaku is going to be on the prowl, doing what he does best uh, and whacking in the first goal this weekend. So Romelu Lukaku for Pete then. Pretty safe pick, I would say. Um, game number four, Switzerland v Italy. I'm bringing up the rear, as usual. The anchor leg jewels. Um, Switzerland v Italy. I've gone for the great aforementioned Federico Chiesa, he's on a bit of a roll, isn't he? So in summary, Karim Benzema, Andre Kramaric, Romelu Lukaku, Federico Chiesa. If all those players score first, we will win at least a share of the £50,000, which of course will donate to charity. But if you want to play as well, make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. It's really important. And go to betway.com forward slash four to score. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. For more information on that, head to begambleaware.org. All right. Lovely stuff. Get some fire in your belly, Jules Breach. And Jim Campbell, get your head in the freezer because it's time for this. <laughs> it's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. It is time for Luke's game. Jules, is this your debut on the show? I think it is. Yeah, I think is it is it? as well. I think it is. Well, because... our, um, one of our listeners, Jimmy, on Twitter, uh, has um, put all the fixtures, all the win percentage, everything like that. And Jules, you are currently yet to play this season. Yeah. Jim, you have a current win percentage of 20%. Oh, that's You've pretty... Played yeah. 10. You've won two and lost eight. Yeah, that's not so great, is it? Not when you put it like that. It's not great. Um, <laughs> you won't be surprised to know that Andy Brassel has the record for the most amount of, um, of course he does. weeks holding the title. 17 yeah. weeks. Um, I so imagine that, Marcus is probably quite high up there as well. He is. Marcus has held it for eight weeks and his win percentage is... 60%. Wow. So there we go. That's but, pretty impressive. But listen, Mark isn't here today. Don't no. worry about that. You worry about yourself. I'd like to just clarify. I don't avoid Fridays on purpose because a few people on Twitter are like, oh, Jules never plays Luke's game. Why does yeah. she shy away from it? It's because I normally She's work frightened. on Fridays. She's frightened. I normally work on Fridays <laughs> yeah. somewhere else, but I'm here today. Yeah, well, you're welcome here. And if you win today, a big incentive, you will go straight to the top of the win percentage table at 100%. Yeah, yeah and... Probably will never play again because I normally work every Friday. Yeah. So there we go. Oh, yeah, there we go. Jim, a lot let, riding on let it. Let me have the win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> let I'm gonna let you win, Jules. That's what's gonna happen. Well, because Jules is by her, her very nature unseeded, she gets to go first because mm -hmm. she's never played. Jim, I hope you understand that and accept it. The first player, and these game, these players are chosen completely at random. So don't at me, okay. at me about anything you want, but I'm not gonna read it. Um, but don't at me about this, Jules. The first player 
He's played for seven clubs in total and he oh, retired no. in 2016. Okay. He is Mark Schwarzer. Oh, Mark Schwarzer, who I know very well. That's worked out well for you then, hasn't it? Um, Sort of, because I've probably... So so remind me, I say how many I think I can name. Yeah. Jim says how many like he can name. Yeah. And I yeah. can go higher after yeah, that you can. if it's I like want. Okay, yeah, it's like so Mark Schwarzer, let's see. I can do seven clubs, was it? Yeah. Jim, how are you feeling about this? Like I always feel when it's <laughs> Good then. <laughs> I need to push you for a number. Um, Three. Okay, nice opening bid. Jim, can you do four? <sighs> I'd be too many variables for four. I'm going to get Jules to guess. Okay, Jules, so you're up. You've got to name three, one at a time. No uh, repetition, no wrong answers, and they have to have turned out and played a professional game for the team. Okay, that's just the rules. There we go. Let's have it. Chelsea? That's correct. Fulham? Also correct. Middlesbrough? Very good. One nil, Jules. Yeah, Fulham. I couldn't. Fulham. I couldn't remember. Uh, so, Le- Leicester. Did he play? He did play for Leicester. Yes, okay. Six league appearances. So and Ma- then there Ma- was a German one. I couldn't remember the bloody name of it. He played for a couple of German teams. I'm going to list you um, all the teams he played for in order. Marconi Stallions. Great name. Mm. Presumably great Australian. Uh, Dynamo Dresden. That's the one. FC Kaiserslautern. Bradford City. Middlesbrough. Fulham. Chelsea. And Leicester City. Bradford. I forgot about that. Dresden go. was the one I was thinking of. And I couldn't think of the name. Didn't need it, did you? He talks didn't... about Dresden a lot when I'm with him. You didn't need it. Didn't, didn't need, need it. it. Yes. Um, Jim, you're up first. Five cool. clubs in total. Is this going to be one of my mates? Still playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault you've got no mates. All right? <laughs> Look at yourself. Right. Five clubs in total. Still playing. Okay, professional clubs only. Mm-hmm. Has to have played for them. Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Mm. Think about Ings. Like a walk in the park. Ings. Like a kiss in the dark. Well, I'm gonna, well, I can go three for sure. Is that your bid? Yeah, why not? Three. Jules, could you have four? I mean, you can go five if you want. So he's played for five clubs. Exactly. Five professional clubs in total. Jim says three. I can definitely do three. Can I do four? Who's that fourth club? Well, like three's really easy, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go four because I might as well give it a go. Okay, Jim. Nope. No. Okay, so four then, George. You're in the seat again. Shit. One at a time. Okay. Four professional clubs that Danny Ings has played for. Take it away. Did I say four? You did. <laughs> okay, Aston Villa. Playing from now. Southampton. Absolutely. Liverpool. Correct. One to go. One to go. Choice of two. Where's he from? Where is Danny Ings from? Hmm. Has he been on loan somewhere? Gonna Where have, did he? Gonna have to push you for a club. No, no, no. This is not fair. I need, I need time. Um, let's go for somewhere like. Oh, this is a guess now, but I'm gonna go for. No, there's got to be another Premier League team, surely. Um, the great thing about this game is it makes the players forget that there are people listening. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, Luke, I'm going to have to push you to push Jules. Okay, we have to push you. You need to give me a club. People will give you a little bit of leeway because it's your first game, but you got. I didn't realise it was this quick. You're going to have to be quick. Fire in the belly, head in the freezer. Exactly. Um, okay. That's what I'm talking about. See? Let's go for. Um, going to time you out. Watford. <laughs> See, Burnley's the other obvious one. I forgot yeah. he'd moved to Villa. I feel so lucky. That you, you, yeah. So he started his career at Bournemouth. Bournemouth! He, he went on loan to Dorchester Town, but they're amateur, so it doesn't count. Mm. Burnley, Liverpool, Southampton, and Aston Villa. So it's, it's one all. Damn you, I, Bournemouth. I've got away with one there. I knew Bournemouth. 
There we go. And New Bournemouth. One That's all. really annoyed me. Why don't you say Bournemouth then? I don't know. I said Watford. I it's harder than it looks, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's horrible. <laughs> Next player. Play for five clubs in total. Still playing now. Jules, you get to go first. How many of the five clubs that Kevin De Bruyne has played for can you name? Let's start with two. Jim? I can go three. Jules, four from you? It's one all, all to play for. What do you reckon? Can you do more than three? I could do three, but I didn't know if Jim would say three. So I, I, and I don't think I can name? do four. Yeah, do okay. three. Jim, you're in the hot seat for the first time in this game. Three clubs of the five that Kevin De Bruyne has played for. So that would be Chelsea. That's correct. Manchester City. Of course. And Wolfsburg. Very good. What were the First other two? First the thing. There it is. Yeah. Um, the other, so he started this career at Genk. Uh, then Chelsea. Werder Bremen uh, on loan for, quite, for, for a season. Then Wolfsburg and then Manchester City. 2-1 to yeah. Jim. And you get to go first this time, Jim Campbell. Cool. If you get this one correct, it's a win. It's a big win. This player's played for nine clubs. He retired in 2019. Nine clubs in total. You see him on our screens now fairly regularly. I actually think he's a pretty good pundit. He's on the radio quite a bit as well. Jermaine Beckford. Jermaine oh, he Beckford. Is very good pundit. Ooh, God, that is a nine professional clubs in total. How many can you name? He's not. His career isn't something I'm too familiar with, so I'm going to go quite long. I'm going to go three. Jules. I'm thinking about it and I need to remember people are listening to this so I need to speak. You don't need to go four if you don't want to. Um, you can let Jim go three. I don't know. If people Jim listening will be playing a lot high and they'll be counting them Jim on their fingers. No, three. See, I would be guessing if I went four. So I'm just going to let Jim name three. Well, some people do like to go for a guess. Some people like to say, well, look, he's played for nine. I've got a good chance of I getting know, a guess in. But like, it's hard. But I'll take your first answer, Jim. You've gone for three. That's the successful bid. So can you please name three clubs your main backwards turned out yeah. for? Leeds United. This is for the win. QPR. Ooh. Afraid that's incorrect. Yes! Two all. Yeah. Goes down to the decider. To the so wire. Jermaine Beckford started his career at Wildstone. They're amateur. Uxbridge, they're also amateur, so they don't count. Then Leeds United, Carlisle United, Scunthorpe United, Everton, Leicester, Huddersfield, Bolton, Preston North End, and finally, Bury. Mm. Forgot he was at Everton. There we Let's go. That was the closest I would have got. Otherwise, go. yeah. Two all. One. I thought, I'd tr- thought I'd try the guesses. Wow. The, the final player. This is tense. You're in the hunt still, Jules, and you get to go first. It's in your hands. If you get this right, it's a win. You're off the mark with a win. Okay. This player's played for seven clubs in total. That's the good news. Quite a lot of clubs to choose from. Mm. The bad news is he retired in 1991. What? So it comes at random. Who is this? I'm not even going to know random. him. He is Graham Souness. Oh, for f- You do know him. Okay. Yeah. Um... You know, full-time Paul Pogba hater and part-time <laughs> pundit, Graham Souness. Seven clubs in total. Take it away. I, I, I Literally, like... Do you want a bit of perspective? I think I probably could name three or four. I max. Th- I think two. Jim? I'll go three. Four? No. You want Jim? It's in Jim's hands. Jim, three of the clubs that Graham Souness played for in his career for a win to put to put Jules back in her box. This ain't fair. Here we go. <laughs> Jim's older than me. <laughs> Here we go. So Liverpool. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sampdoria. Wow, that's come from left well, field. That's very well, good. Well, Two, one well. more. And Rangers. I'm pressing the button, but which one am I pressing? Jim 
Campbell wins. Well played, Jim. <laughs> well played, Jim. Yes, indeed. Graham Souness played for Spurs. Started his career at Spurs. Yes, of course he did. Montreal Olympique, Middlesbrough, West Adelaide. Middlesbrough. Yeah, Liverpool, Sampdoria, and then Rangers. It's a 3-2 win for Jim Campbell. If you're listening, Jimmy... Update the spreadsheet. <laughs> well played, Jules. Sampdoria. Sampdoria. I'm sorry, but what the hell? Yeah. Where did you whip that one out from, I was from, reading about um, Sooners recently. Were I must you? have been. And was that one of them book club things? Was... <laughs> were, you being, were you being educated yeah. over there? Jim Jim actually had a um, season ticket for Sampdoria in 1985. Did, so, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Listen, people listening will agree with me, I'm sure. That was a very creditable showing for your first effort, Jules. Good on Thank you. you. It's a, it's a weird you. game to prepare for this because you, well, you like, if you've got a spare moment, you'd be like, oh, just Google Lewis Boamorte. Like, <laughs> try and remember who he plays for him off the list. comes up in six months strike him off the list now because the <laughs> listeners are going mental if he yeah. comes up in the next yeah. month absolutely oh well there we go I'm I'm quite I'm I'm okay with my performance there you did okay I'm, yeah I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed you did all right. first go I just right? like to win yeah yeah. 0% win ratio though so far yeah. so. Yeah. not great is it not great I'll, I'm, I might come back again soon yeah avenge it avenge <laughs> there we it. go uh, right boys that's all for today's football ramble preview show sponsored by Betway uh, the guys will be back on Monday we'll see you then have a good weekend the football ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast creator network 365 day returns.